Welcome to the Accounting Pathways podcast brought to you by the Boutique Accounting Project, a collaboration of boutique accounting businesses looking to change the conversation about careers in accounting. My name is John Knight. I'm the founder and managing director of Business Depot, the one place for business which includes an accounting business, which is my background. And joining me, of course, again today, we have Nicole Bryan from Macro Group. Welcome, Nicole. Thanks, John. Great to be here. And Ben Walker from Inspire, life-changing accountants. Welcome back, Ben. Thanks, John. Today's topic is, should I stay or should I go now? A question that often team members, accountants, ourselves at different points in our career have had to sit down and sort of ask ourselves, is it best for me to stay here or is it time to think about something else? I might start with you, Nicole. Do you recall a time in your career when you were grappling with this question? I do. And it was a really big decision. Uh, It really was at a time, I was actually a partner at a big four firm. And you kind of think if you're a partner at a big four firm, you've really made it, right? That's it. That's the pinnacle. There's no more. But that is not true. I wasn't happy. I was under a lot of pressure. I felt like my values were not aligned with the organization and I wanted to try something else. Uh, It was a really difficult decision. Uh, An opportunity landed in my plate. And um, what I did is I looked at that decision in a whole sense. So not just about career, but the impact on my family the impact on my health and well-being, and that was what really helped me make the decision was really thinking about it in a holistic sense rather than just my career, and it was the best thing I've ever done. Can I ask, Nicole, what was the stage in your life that you made that decision? Like, did you have children at the time or anything like that? I had two young children, and I was married, and it was, you know, it was really challenging, And, and the big four firm that I worked for was very supportive and very accommodating. For me to have, you know, be pregnant and have children while in the workforce, which was fantastic. Uh, but I just wanted a different opportunity and I wanted to do different things. And um, I, you know, have found a lot more balance in my life after making that decision. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, you've got so many different stakeholders in some of these decisions mm-hmm. that we make, especially once you've got children and, and those types of things. And I think probably most of us have asked ourselves this question at pivotal points um, within our career, but it does change your decision making when you've got families to sort of worry about as well. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I think it's been, a, you know, just a great change for the family overall. And now I'm looking forward to now my kids are a lot older is now helping them to try to make those decisions and try to make decisions that are really balanced and not just about working 100 hours a week and, and um, you know, having a life. I remember when I was offered partnership and I was 30 and it was always my goal to be a partner and my daughter had only just been born. And I think I would have made a different decision. Instead of going into partnership, I was also offered an opportunity to start my own business with somebody else specializing just in the real estate industry. And I think because of the family factors and the uncertainty factors, I went down the the path more trusted, the path more known. What about you, Ben? Do you recall a time in your career when you're grappling with, should I stay or should I go now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I started my career at a big four firm and probably about um, probably two and a half years in, uh, I sort of felt that maybe the the culture or the vibe of the place wasn't really for me long term, uh, and I'd actually sort of gone to resign a number of times. So I think the third time I actually did it fully. Um, the other two, the the partners convinced me to stay. But yeah, it was more about um, you know seeing what other like it was the first corporate workplace I'd I'd been in, uh, and I just thought you know um, maybe maybe there is a, a a better opportunity out there or a different pathway we could take. Um, and I ended up moving to a small firm and the, yeah, what I sort of noticed about the downsides, like the, the culture part of it, um, was, was not 
not a problem at the next place. So um, for me, that was a really big shift. Um, and looking back, maybe six months after the change I made, I was like, wow, like I was a really cranky person beforehand. It was it was really weird. Even mum, like I was having a conversation with mum on the balcony. I distinctly remember um, like reflecting back and just thinking like, yeah, I was pretty cranky back then. And and just the difference that that culture or the, yeah, that workplace made. It was, it was the energy it was giving to you really, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It comes up often, doesn't it? This this conversation about culture and values being the main reason that that people move often. Yeah. Can I ask um, the both of you, whoever wants to go first? I suppose. I mean, how did you come to that conclusion? I suppose that you weren't aligned from you mentioned values, Nicole, or, or, or culture wasn't wasn't right for you, Ben. Yeah, there was just stuff that didn't make sense to me. Um, so a couple of those things were. Uh, we had great financial performers in in the business, but they were shocking to other people. So, uh, and that just didn't sit right with me. I remember there was a an undergraduate who just started, and this person had put him in, put put him in tears. Um, I was just thinking, like, what's going on? Spoke to my manager, nothing happened, and yeah. and I just felt like that's just shocking. Um, and another example. So, so two or three years in, I was an undergraduate. Mm. Uh, I was I was also training their graduates um, and, and felt like um, if I'm training the people who are getting paid 50, 60% more than I am, shouldn't that reflect well or a little bit more in in the pay I was getting? But it seemed to be more about the the piece of paper uh, of, of having that uni degree than the actual output or experience I had. So um, yeah, a few little things like that. Um, they're two examples, um, but that sort of helped me along going, oh, is, this, is this right? Did, did that company have documented values? Like, did you know what they spoke about as their values? Uh, no, but I reckon they went as far as the piece of paper they were written on. Yeah. Uh, if they they would have had them, um, but yeah. <laughs> but for, did they live them? Who knows? So it wasn't like you were sitting there and you were doing a, a tick and cross against their actual documented sort of <laughs> values. It was more the vibe of what you saw happening being inconsistent with your own values. Yes. Yeah. And that incongruency, you like just, just coming down to logic like from a financial perspective would have made sense from a business. But uh, if you just look at financial stuff, but um, yeah, yeah. When, when you ignore the human bit, um, that's, yeah, I just don't, didn't, didn't love it. I remember a situation or my situation where I remember really sitting down and going, should I stay or should I go now was I'd gone, I'd been with this company and I'd gone overseas and I made the decision to go back to the company, but I actually reported to a different person um, when I went back. And my reason for leaving was probably exactly the same as yours. There was values misalignment, but it was actually just with one person. And I actually loved the organization, loved the people that I was working for, but I had a misalignment and didn't agree with some of the things that were being done or said by one particular person. And that was enough mm. to make me make me look around and find somewhere else. What about you from the values perspective, Nicole? How did you know that you weren't aligned? I think the 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 big thing was they might talk about the values, but then it's the values in action. And that's the most important thing is that you can have the values passed all over the walls, but it's when you actually are working in the organisation and everyone's living those values and they're actually in action. That's the difference. And I think that's when you when you start to realise that perhaps there's maybe some people that are living the values, but others that aren't, that it makes it really difficult to work in those environments. It's the behaviour that's tolerated, isn't it, more Correct. than anything else? Absolutely. That's not, that's not aligned. Yeah, Absolutely. 
Ben, you specifically said that before in your situation, you went and you spoke to them or you almost resigned two times. Would you do anything different now? Um, I always reflect on my career at that place and think um, I, was, I was really lucky to get that opportunity and, um, and, and I'd do it again um, had I had the chance. But I just think I probably would have approached day to day differently. Maybe not get so wound up in certain things. And um, uh, yeah, I guess uh, would I sort of would it take me three times to resign? Probably not. Um, uh, I think I, I had enough sign, or, you know, writing on the wall, so to speak, to um, to to leave the first time. Although I think part of the reason why I stayed was to get my uni degree out the way first. And um, yeah, then yeah. to switch gears after I was a graduate. At least you had a conversation before you walked in and just had a resign. Like I always think it's a great thing to have somebody come in and at least have a conversation about what's going on in their mind before they make a hard, fast, yes or no sort of decision. Yes, absolutely. And I I do remember having a number of conversations like that with the the partners and and just explaining where I can sort of see incongruities and that didn't really help much, but... Yeah. (laughs) The economy generally at the moment is probably a bit of a place of change at the moment Mm. uncertainty we don't know what's around the corner could be good could be bad could be nothing Uh, we don't actually know Mm. nicole are you seeing anything different within the team members at the moment as to i suppose what's driving their decisions to stay or go yeah i think um well we've talked a little bit about values and i think this current uh generation are very a lot more attuned to it than what we are so we're all sitting around talking about values today but but maybe 15 years ago when I did resign from that position, did I know that's what it was? Were we talking about it then? Whereas I believe this current generation are very attuned to it and they know what they want, which is fantastic. And I love working with um, these younger people coming through out of uni because they really know what they want. They really know what they're interested in. They've got plans. And I think they're very different to the plans that we had. And when, you know, when we came through, uh, you know, you stayed at a job. For, you stayed at a job for ten years. That that's what you did, and that's not what's happening now. And so we have to adjust our businesses to deal with the fact that these very intelligent, mature, highly emotionally intelligent as well individuals have plans and ideas, and we have to adapt our businesses to work with them. So, do you think we should get used to a shorter tenure? Absolutely, people? absolutely. So we've changed our metrics. And we're really thinking that if someone stays with us two and a half years, that is a major tick. Yeah, really. And so what we have to do is we have to speed up what we're doing in that two and a half years. So look, we'd love for them to stay longer. And we've we've got some people on our team who have been there six years, five years, which is fantastic. And that's great. But we also know that if we think the average is about two and a half to three years, we have to speed up what we're doing so that in that two and a half years, we get the most most value for both parties. We have to onboard so much quicker, don't Correct. we? We, we ha- have to get the value out of them so absolutely. much quicker. The old school, get your graduate in, you sit them next to someone and they slowly learn how to do things. No. We probably can't do that anymore, we can we? No. And we've got the technology to do it now, so we need to embrace it. Yeah. And just go fast. And that's what they want. And with changes in salaries out there as well, I mean, we're seeing people um, making a decision to move a lot quicker. And I think we have this generation at the moment and, you know, my daughter's 18. She's, it's all very instant. It's all very, you know, I remember when I was a kid, we had to go to the corner shop and order in a, a VHS video to sort of get into town and then watch it. Whereas they download it on Spotify and they're used to it just happening 
or on YouTube or on, on, on Netflix or whatever, and it just happens straight away. I think we've got to get used to that instantaneous sort of decisions that people are, are making. What are you seeing in your workforce or in any workforce generally, Ben? Um, yeah, I, I definitely think the there is a general pressure on um, on accountants expecting more, uh, like existing team, but also people looking for positions. Um, I still see a bit of a spread though. So, um, so I see people just chasing the cash, and then some people so grateful that um, you know we're, we're not keeping them here till literally eleven p.m. at night at the previous job. Um, you know, they, they walk out on time, and, and that's okay here. Um, you know, there's, there's there's gratefulness from from that perspective. Um, I think there there is a bit of a risk. I've seen uh, we had a team member leave in the last twelve months for a, not a super significant, but enough to sort of go. You don't blame the person for for leaving. Um, uh, but the what had happened is they soon realised that the expectation from the firm they went to was higher than they could deliver. And I'm pretty sure within a few months they were on to the next one. I'm pretty sure that person's now onto their third new start uh, in since they've left. Um, so. I'm just just sort of seeing that as a bit of a signal. If you go and chase the dollars for for dollars' sake, and you've got this mismatch of expectations um, that the person paying those dollars are, are having, then it may not actually end well for anyone. I reckon we should come back to that discussion in our next episode when we mm. talk about is the grass greener or always greener on the other side? Because mm. yeah. I think that's a really good discussion to have around what are you really getting on the other side yeah. um, with these things? Because we see similar things, Ben. I mean, we've seen some significant pay rises people get by moving. Yeah. Um, I think we pay pretty well, but we've seen some pretty significant jumps for people that are clearly taking them to another level of skills and experience. Mm. And I really hope they they jump to the opportunity, but I also hope they're looking at the full picture mm. um, of what they're getting there as well. We also see the industry going through what I describe as fragmentation. And I've probably talked about this before on the podcast already, but I think all services industries have this fragmentation that is happening where people can actually go out and start their own business on their own so much easier as well. And so we're, t- we're trialing something at, at Business Depot at the moment. We're actually helping somebody who wants to go start their own accounting business. And we're actually packaging up a small parcel of clients that they manage already and we're selling them to them to go and start their own little um, accounting business and that they can then do it the way they want to do it. I suppose that's one way that I, I look at. We do have to adjust to some of the different thinking out there, whether it be the instantaneous reaction or the desire for impact on the world or whatever else is important to them, values wise and so forth, that we've got to try and do something different as employers, don't we? Absolutely. So if you were th- if someone was thinking about making a change, I might go to you, Nicole, if you don't mind, what would your advice be to them or what would you suggest they, they do or consider before they make that decision? Look, I'm quite big into journaling and I think what I would be doing if you're thinking about changing, just write down how you're feeling most days and, and do that for a couple of weeks. Don't rush into the decision, but get the journal out. When you wake up in the morning, what do you feel like going to the job? When you're leaving at the end of the day, what did you feel like when you left? And, and just see what patterns emerge when you write in that journal for a couple of weeks. And look, that sort of thing, all of us here, Ben, John and I are all in an organisation called Entrepreneurs' Organisation and um, writing down how you're feeling and then analysing it and, and trying to make really rational decisions is a really important part of that organisation. So I think that would be my first step if I'm thinking about making a major change in my life. I think that's great advice, Nicole, because you're actually getting this record of your feelings on the way through rather than getting the vibe that you're feeling. Yeah. Good tip. And I've seen so many people just, you know, in the heat of the moment, ha- you know, having a bad day, go in and resign. I've got, I've got another 20K somewhere else and, 
And when they've actually looked at it uh, with a bit more perspective or rationality or had a day off, it might have been the wrong decision. So it's about really pausing and reflecting and making a really considered thought. Yeah, good. And what would your advice be to someone who's thinking about making a change? Yeah, just um, just coming back to what that person wants out of their career and their, their life, really, um, and, and then making that assessment whether the current workplace um, supports that or could support that. Uh, you know, I think part of the process is, um, you know, we kind of touched on it earlier, making sure you communicate before you make a decision, hey, this is what I'm keen for or this is what I don't like or I do like. Um, can I have more or, more or less of that? Um, and if, if you're supported, then then you don't need to take that risk of uh, of leaving and and the risk of another place but yeah i think definitely sort of does it align with what you want out of your career and life um that's an important thing to dive deep into yeah and that communication so key isn't it i mean we we do 90 day goal setting with our team members to try and have these discussions on a structured upfront sort of basis we obviously talk to them a lot more than every 90 days, but that's a, a structured in the meet in the diary sort of sort of meeting that we that we put in place. And I just strongly suggest make sure you're communicating with your managers and your peers at work. Because really I think one of the key things people have to work out, is it really them or is it really me? And so I do a little exercise which I call the ins and the outs. I got it from Brene Brown. Um, and I do it at the start of the year every year. And what do I want in the middle in my life in this year? And what do I want out this year? And I I always think sometimes you've got to make some change yourself to help you confirm whether it's actually me or whether it's actually them or what it is to help. Probably ties in a little bit to your journaling and your feelings and and those types of things. Look, guys, any parting words of advice for our audience here today, Nicole? The accounting industry is really vibrant. There are so many jobs available. If you are unhappy, you've got an opportunity to, to think about that and make a change. So whether it's in commerce a boutique firm, a big firm, uh, you know, a different type of role. There are plenty of opportunities out there. So don't sit there and do nothing. Make a change. Ben, party words of advice? Yeah, just um, like I'd recommend touching on what Nicole said is is do something if you need to, um, but I wouldn't just do it for the sake of it. Um, I, I think there's no better time to explore changing if that is what you're, you're keen to do. Yeah, good. And, and look, my advice would be, um, consider internal movements as well. Like I love internal promotions. We recently promoted somebody um, and being a multidisciplinary offering ourselves, we can move people between divisions as well. So someone from our admin team now works in our broking team sort of thing. And I love movements awesome. between teams. Just to, Sometimes people just need some change. And sometimes just people need some new ways of thinking or they want to learn some some stuff in a specialist area. And so there's, there's no nothing wrong with an internal um, promotion in my mind either. Look, guys, thank you so much again today, Nicole and and Ben, um, thank you again for everybody listening. If you'd like to keep the conversation going around the different pathways in accounting or even want to discuss your personal circumstances and looking for some advice, you can subscribe to the podcast. Check out the website at theboutiqueaccountingproject.com. Keep an eye out for our next event. You can register on the website when that's up live. Stay in touch on LinkedIn. Nicole, how best to be in touch with you and the Macro Group? Um, so you can either connect with me on LinkedIn or go to our website at www.macrogroup.com.au. And Ben, if people want to be in touch with you. Yeah, just add me on LinkedIn, but pop a message when you connect, um, just so I know where you came from. Uh, and my u- user is Ben Walker. And of course, feel free to connect directly with myself, John Knight at businessdepot.com.au or on LinkedIn or Twitter, J-A-K underscore Knight. Thank you, everybody. 